right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. Today we're going to be talking about finding trust and empowerment after abuse. So our sponsor today is Sun Ranges Koya and I hope I pronounced that properly. Um, yes. Sign up for their newsletter and the link is in the description. Sign up for your newsletter, get your own code and try their first class for free. So they have fortnightly zoom classes on Saturday mornings and Sunday afternoons. Uh, that is Australian time. So make sure that you go and check what that link is for your own time zone. Um, and make sure that you look into that. And the link again is in that description. So go sign up for the newsletter, Sun Ranges Koya, go and check that out. Um, I'm Melissa Kretschler. I'm your host, as much, most of you may know. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, creator, and founder of not only Just Life to You, but the Women's Supporting Women Can Network. Um, and you can find me, again, link in the description is to my website. So um, I'm going to hand it over to our guest speaker today, Liz Richard. Hi, how are you? It's great to be here. Um, so I'm the founder of Sun Rangers Coya, um, and I started that business in January of 2021. Um, so I live in Australia, I live near Melbourne, and um, it was a case of, okay, the pandemic's done, let's start this business, you know, let's bring empowerment to women, let's show them how wonderful and strong they are by being able to dance with and move with their emotions rather than thinking about them. And then Melbourne went on to be the most lockdown city in the world. So, you know, it's been, it's been a while, it's been a while. But the reason I started the business and my intention behind it of helping women to realize the power and strength they have within them is being realized. It's what I'm doing. I'm doing it every week. Every week I've got women who are coming to my classes who are enjoying it and who are realizing that they've got this untapped potential and they're sort of waking up to it and remembering it or realizing it for the first time. And the, the beauty of what it is that I do is that a lot of the women who've come to me have had trauma in their lives and it's something that I had too. And doing an embodiment practice, whether it's koya, whether it's yoga, or whether it's walking in nature, whatever the case may be for you, adding that to your self-care toolkit or, you know, if you're seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever kind of therapist, or you're on, and you're on maybe medication for that as well, this is something to add to that to help you in your, in your healing. Um, I would never tell someone to change the therapy they already have, but what I do strongly encourage them is to add something like this in it to help them further along and to, rather than just talking about what's going on for them, feeling it in their bodies and moving with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely being able to feel your your and for anybody watching or catching the replay of this episode please know that when when we talk about feeling your trauma or feeling the emotions that that bring up we're not asking you to relive it we're not asking no. you to focus on it and um you know go through that process again that's not the point of it um i am a mental health and emotional health genius and i will own that title um <clears throat> a lot of my own clientele have worked with counselors and worked with therapists and worked with somebody like me who has a little bit of more out of the box thinking. Um, mm. And you do, you add in every one of my clients. One of the first things that I ask them is what makes you happy? What relaxes you and brings you a little bit of peace and calm when mm. you can experience your emotions. And at the same time or shortly after give yourself that peace and calm and recenter where you're at in that particular moment, you're able to process. Absolutely. Yes. To, you know, process what you're feeling, process your trauma and move forward to the mm. next stage of your healing. And that's one of the things we're talking about today is that next stage of healing for anybody mm -hmm. who's experienced traumatic uh, events, abuse, whether that be childhood, adult relationship, um, addiction, even right. If you're abusing mm, absolutely. sex, that's still abuse, right? We're still abusing ourselves. Um, whether that's unconsciously or, or consciously, we are still mm. 
creating that abuse. <coughs> Excuse me. But when we get to a certain point, and, and what I wanted to really touch on in this episode is that no matter where the abuse stemmed from, no matter whether we feel it was a choice of ours, um, there are two things I want to say here. So the first is realizing unless it's childhood abuse and you absolutely had no choice in the matter and you were too young or too, you know, you couldn't speak up or you couldn't get yourself out of that situation. Absolutely. There's, you know, I never put shame, blame or guilt on anybody for anything. You do what you can with the knowledge that you have at that time, right? With your Absolutely. Kids. Yeah. But now if you're in an abusive relationship, you're putting yourself in there. And I'm not saying that as I'm not coming at anybody. So bear with me. Mm. What happens is every choice that we make comes down to a belief. So if we were raised in an abusive relation or abusive household, right, we create beliefs that that's okay. We create mm. beliefs that that's what we deserve. Or that that's it's totally, and it's and that it's normal is the other thing there. Exactly, is that that's how a relationship between yep. adults is. And that's the other thing. What you have to realize, it's not just that that's how things are, but that's how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Until you are told anything different, or you see something different, that that you have that as that's your benchmark. That's where you, where you think things are. Now, when I tell anybody who's watching the show or, you know, or, or listening to the show or even my own clients, when I tell you that you've put yourself in that position, that's, you're, you haven't done it consciously. You haven't said, okay, I'm going to jump into a, an abusive relationship. That's not where I'm going with that. It's the small decisions. It's the beliefs that you hold, your self-worth, right? Your yeah. ability to put, put boundaries into place. All of those things contributed in the big picture to where you're at or where you mm-hmm. were. But when you realize that you had the power and the capability to create that subconsciously, you then realize you have the power consciously to recreate mm-hmm. your existence, to recreate yes. where you are, right? That's empowering. And yes. that's another stage into into you know, finding that healing after, after abuse is Mm. the empowerment, finding your power again. Now, the second part that I wanted to mention is that, and if I only say two things in this whole episode, please take these two things. One Mm. is your power. Two is your trust. No matter what situation, whether you're a child, whether you're an adult, whether you're, it doesn't matter where you are in your stage of life. If you have experienced trauma or abuse, you internalize that. You internalize it. And you shift the blame to yourself. And while it is, in in a way, right, we talk about responsibility and and the power, right? We shift Mm -hmm. that blame into ourselves. We lose trust in ourselves. Never mind mind trust in other people. We Mm -hmm. lose our self-trust. And that's a huge one for me that people don't realize, right? Yeah. yeah. An example, right, is if I picked that person, let's say an abusive relationship, if I picked that person, even subconsciously, if I picked that person, how am I supposed to trust myself to not pick the same type of person? Absolutely. And I mean, that's something that women say all the time. I, I pick bad men. Like, why am I always with the same kind of bloke? You know, this is what I'm getting. I'm getting, again, this, this, you know, the same sort of behaviors, whether it's, you know, in relation to their drinking or in relation to how they behave or the way they treat you. And, you know, it's the same thing. Oh, geez, I've got another one. How come I can't pick a good bloke? But the thing is, as much, I understand what you're saying about taking responsibility, but that's, it's a hard pill to swallow. Um, I worked a lot with women who were in family violence situations. And it's something that it's something that they may be able to see later, but yeah. at the time, to say to someone, you've put yourself in this position is really quite shitty. Yeah. Um, and it is a thing of being able to, to say to them, okay, you've got yourself into this situation. This has happened. You know, you are where you are now. Whatever's happened to, at the moment that you are now trying to get out, to, to leave this relationship, whatever supports and help we can put there to help you with that. 
and say, okay, this is what we can do. We can do, you know, we can put you into a shelter. We can give you a new mobile phone so he can't track you anymore. We can help you get a car. We'll start your own bank account. I mean, some of these women who are being abused, it starts, it's, it's a nice relationship at the start. And as it goes, it incrementally gets worse and worse and worse till they're in a point where they're stuck at home with children. They have no bank account themselves. They may not have a car, you know, that they're such in a position and they go, what the fuck do I do now? And then something happens. There's an argument or, you know, there's a big fight and the neighbors call the police. And next thing you know that they're there and they are looking at this going, right, we're going to help this woman. She needs help and she wants for help. She was just like, yes, I do want to get out of this. This is crap. And, and we have to acknowledge and help these women in their crisis points and give them all the support and help that they need at that time and help them with the initial mental health issues, with the initial problems that they have, especially if there's children involved with, you know, supporting them and the children to make sure that that's as, you know, that they have as much support and help that they need, whether that's therapists or, you know, whatever it may be, the school community, whatever around them. And then later down the track is where I come in, and perhaps where you're... Yeah, it's when you start building that trust. It's when you go, go, okay, you're in a safe spot now. You've got some good supports around you. What we'll do now is we'll start adding some extra things in there to help you go a little bit further. And the thing with what I do with the embodiment practice of Koya. So the idea is, is that it's a free dance embodiment practice for women, regardless of gender assigned at birth. And, and what it is, is it's about feeling into your body about a topic and feeling what does it feel like in your body when. So for instance, if the, the theme of the class is power, power within, which is the class that I've done, Close your eyes and put your hands on your body if that feels good to you and take a deep breath in. What does it feel like when you're not connected to the power within? And then, where in your body do you feel it? And then, the invitation is, once you've got that, whatever you may have, is that you dance with those feelings. You use those feelings as a dance partner for the next song without thinking about it, without choreographing, just moving the way your body needs to move with those feelings for that soul. Now, you may have profound breakthroughs or you know these emotions may all come out. For some women, it does. For some women, they really can connect easily into their body. For other women, it's really quite hard. But whatever happens to you in that four-minute song is what's meant to happen. So whether you get emotions, whether you start crying, whatever it is, or whether you feel numb or you feel nothing at all, it's all what you need at that time. And the thing is, when we finish that song, what I do then is we put on another song with a strong beat and we shake it out. We shake through each part of our body so we get that feeling all out and away. So I do not leave anyone with those emotions swirling. And I say to them, if you find over the next couple of days or even when you go home tonight, it's still there, you can't break it, try shaking again. Do it again. Go through it again. Even if you just do for 30 seconds, just jump up and down and just get everything out of your body. And you will feel better. And you'll start noticing little things about yourself, about how you start to trust yourself again and you start to be able to listen to your own intuition again. Because as you start feeling into your body more, and instead of thinking about what's going on, you feel it and move with it, all of a sudden you go, oh, okay, so this is what my body feels like with this emotion. So this is what what my body's trying to tell me when it does X, Y, and Z. And now when something happens, or when I meet someone, and I get a, a, a certain feeling, I'm going, oh, hang on. Maybe I need to listen and pay, be a bit careful here what's happening because my intuition is telling me there's something going on. Yeah. And making sure that, that those feelings and those emotions, because your feelings and emotions are directly in relation to your beliefs, right? So yeah, if you're yes. still holding fear, 
on, say you meet somebody new, you've gotten out of a, a toxic relationship, you're, you're, at, you're ready to create space for love. Mm. And you go and meet somebody and you start getting that feeling, right? And you start mm. and, and you're saying, okay, I'm listening to my intuition. But then you have to learn whether or not you have to be able to process that feeling and that emotion and say, okay, is this fear of what happened before? Yeah. Am I projecting or is this mm. actually something, right? So I'm, I'm an identity coach. That's my, my main bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And everything that I do comes down to creating that, um, that connection to yourself, that connection to your core identity, right? Your intuition, your, you know, building trust within yourself and knowing you know, the difference between your beliefs and somebody else's beliefs, or, you know, the feeling of fear tied to a, a past event or fear as in, hey, this, you know, if I fear this, probably going to save my life, right? Yeah. Um, and being able to differentiate that. And that's Absolutely. not easy to do, right? For, hmm. the first, for the first little while, that's really not easy for anybody to do. It doesn't matter how good you are, how in tune you are, it is not easy to, you know, create that space for yourself where you're you know and you can identify is this my belief or is this my parents belief is this you know fear of my past or is this fear of my future what you know and and go into that space there are a lot of people like us who do teach that right teach you how to reconnect to yourself how to reconnect to your your intuition your energy and you are exactly right and I love that you do Koya because being able to identify your energy, um, I have uh, the embrace your positivity, where it takes you through that, right? How do you feel? What is this emotion feeling? Where are you feeling it? What does yeah. it make you feel, right? Are you physically feeling it? And where? Are you energetically feeling it? And how? And just yeah. going through that whole process so that you reconnect and be like, okay, I know what this feeling is. I know what triggers it. I know why it's triggering it let's take some next steps now and actually, you know, move through that, those triggered emotions. And, and I think it's also, it's, um, it's, a, it's also something about like being in touch with your femininity and with your, the feminine energy and being able to be yourself as you want to be and not what society tells you to be. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's another big part of it is not just, how you maybe what your family relationship was like and how and how your parents interacted and how they interacted with you but also broader about this whole idea about telling girls how to behave and how to look and how to smile and don't talk now and you know oh you're not allowed to be angry you're not allowed to do this hell you can't go and play in a mud puddle you're supposed to stay nice and clean and be a good girl you know we lose so much of our own identity and we sort of get squished down into a little box with about how it because we're being told so much about how we're supposed to behave and how we're supposed to be and it's hard to be able to listen to your own intuition when you're not even sure who you are really because everyone else is telling you oh if you're not blonde and pretty with curls and you're no size 10 I don't want to you know you're not good enough and, and no one wants to see you and exactly from a woman, and certainly for a woman, heaven forbid if you open your mouth and give an opinion, you yeah. know, you know, yeah. and, and that's and that's a big part of it too. That we need to be able to find our voices, yeah. and to be able to use our true, authentic voice, not what someone else is telling us what to do. Yeah, and not just women. Um, I know that we predominantly talk about women on the show, um, but I want to get into men for a second here. I have women. Women, it's easier for women to become victims because women throughout their lives are controlled, mm, right? Exactly what you were saying. Women are controlled throughout their lives. They're taught to be controlled. You can't wear this. You can't say that. You can't act this way. Um, you know, we're given passes. If um, uh, a male child gave as much attitude and drama as a female child, they would be punished. But if a female child says, you know, does a bunch of drama and attitude and theatrics, they're like, oh, it's just that time of the month, right? And we're given passes on being emotional, Mm, but not other stuff, right? Now, flip that around. 
Um, the amount of abusive relationships, and, and I'm talking specifically right now for men and women, male, male and female. The statistics on abusive, toxic, domestic violent relationships is higher than ever. And you have to wonder why that is. Now, the, the men, let's say the men are the abusers in this, in this situation, this scenario, you can't seriously, and, and if I'm wrong, please correct me, but you can't, or if you believe I'm wrong, uh, I don't believe I'm wrong, but if you believe I'm wrong, you're entitled to your opinion and I will absolutely validate it for you. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I'm all about disagreeing opinions, so good, mm. good on that. But you can't tell me that the amount of men who are abusive in domestic violent relationships, you can't tell me that 90% of those men are feeding off of that abuse because they enjoy being abusive. Now, here's my theory. Maybe not enjoy being abusive, but enjoy being in control. I don't see, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna share it in a different perspective, okay? Mm. Boys are taught not to be emotional. They're taught always to be in control. And they are taught they are not allowed to embrace any emotions, any any feminine traits. Well, they that's exactly the feminine. Because the feminine is bad. And that's what it always comes yep. back to. The feminine is bad, but the masculine's good. Yep. So now if you grow up, say say you're you're male and you grow up and you have not learned how to control your emotions. Or you, sorry, you've not learned how to express your emotions. We all know, and if you don't, then I will gladly teach you. If you don't process and express your emotions, they become volcanic, mm, right? Yes. They, they don't yes. go anywhere. They become volcanic. Now, if you as a female, any, any females watching this, if you as a female held on to your emotions you are going to become angry and violent until you express those emotions. I disagree that violence necessarily follows because not every man who's been taught up, brought up in a way that says, you know, you're not supposed to express your emotions then becomes violent. Yeah, that, not that necessarily doesn't violent, through. but you will become angry, right? And, oh, and you become angry and repressed. You're, you're traumatized, right? So think of the amount of men, especially in our generation, how many men have been mm. taught that, you know, emotions are for wusses, crying is for girls, all of these things, right? They don't know how to process their emotions. They're a powder keg of emotions because anybody would be. And they've been, you know, for lack of a better word, out of control with their emotions. Now you put them, <coughs> you put them in a relationship with somebody who may be a little bit vulnerable or maybe something happens in that relationship that makes them feel like they're finally in control, right? If you get something that actually makes you feel good, even if it's wrong, right? It's an addiction. Mm. If somebody is mentally not happy, right? And they're introduced to a drug or alcohol, right? And that alcohol numbs or removes or provides them with an emotion that they're missing or that they don't have or mm. numbs the emotion. It's self-medicating. It's self-medicating self right? with the issues. And, and yeah. then they become addicted to that. Now, if you give somebody who's felt out of control for a good majority of their life, right, they have no outlet, no nothing, and all of a sudden they're given, you know, this control and it's like, well, hey, I like this. But, yeah, but the I'm thing not... is, the way, the way boys are raised, have been raised, and we're talking, we're going back in time, we're not talking about, hopefully, the way most young boys are being taught now and how they're being brought up. They're given the control, they're told, you know, you can do what you, you're a leader, you can do what you want, you can become president, you can become prime minister, you can be a CEO, you can do whatever you want. They're, it's instilling a, a sense of privilege and of a sense of entitlement and a sense that whatever they want, they're going to get. Mm -hmm. And what I see with this is that that carries on to, for some of these men, carries into the relationship. 
because they have a sense of entitlement of what I say goes. And if she doesn't do what I want, then I'm going to show her she ha what happens if she doesn't. Yep. And right. it's a way of controlling their partners because they see that they are entitled and they have the privilege that they can control every aspect of their life. Yeah. And they're using so it in that way. I, would, I wouldn't say entitlement. Um, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I wouldn't say entitlement. For me, I would say it, it's the way they're raised. It's the way they're taught, right? It's like... Yeah, but they get that sense of entitlement from how they're raised. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like saying um, every every bad behavior is taught, right? Every, every bad, um, a lot of the most uh, traumatic behaviors that... that but that, that, that comes into the whole idea though, of nurture versus nature. Some yeah. are and some not. I mean, you have people who grow up in really bad, abusive families. And they've been abused and you've got horrific things that have happened to them. And they grow up and they're the sweetest person in the world. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you know, so it, it, it depends on, and it's on the person. And it's, it, I think very much that comes down to nurture versus nature and about what can be stamped out of a person and what can be that a person just has certain traits that regardless of what they've had, they can't they are just themselves and they're always going to be a nice person regardless yeah i think i i think i like to look at it as you know each individual person it is perspective right you can have twin mm -hmm. siblings that grow up oh, yeah absolutely alcoholic and both of them will be completely different right yeah so i do i wholeheartedly agree with that um i'm just saying i think that we need to start looking more so at the bigger picture of, you know, is this person actually want to be this way? Or is that just what they've been taught? Or is that something that, you know, is, uh, you know, have they been abused? Have they, you know, I see a lot of people who do horrible things, and no way, shape or form am I condoning these things, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody should should be able to or have the right to hit another person, right? Um, and, and I wholeheartedly believe in that. But I think that, you know, there are situations where we're not teaching proper mental health for women and men. We're not teaching proper mental health. We're not teaching people how to, you know, identify their own identity and who they are and how they self-express in whatever way that looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. And that goes for men and women. And we find ourselves in these situations of an overabundance of domestic violent relationships. And mm. I think for me, I just want to make people aware that, that we, you know, there are ways to change this. We can, you know, for lack of a better word, save the next generation and teach mm. them, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, that's, and that's about empowering and about, you know, showing them and showing men and women and boys and girls about healthy boundaries and about what's acceptable and what's ex what's not acceptable yeah. you know go away from this idea of a boy is being mean to a girl to say to her he must like you yeah no i'm sorry he's a little bastard mm -hmm. and something needs to be done about his behavior do yeah. you know what i mean you know because the minute you say to a little girl he must like you in her brain she goes oh so if someone likes me, they're mean to me. Mm -hmm. Hang on, what? No, 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 no. That, that's not what we want to be teaching boys or girls. Yeah. You know, we want them to, you know, how to behave nicely to each other and to interact. If you don't like someone, that's cool. You don't need to like everyone. No one likes everyone. Yeah. But there's no reason to be actively nasty towards them or to do anything. Just stay away from them. And if you're in the same classroom, well, sit on the other side. Have a chat to the teacher and say, look, I really don't get along with this person. And, you know, so that you're not paired together, they're not sitting together. You know, we need to get away from this idea and, and, and instilling these little sort of seeds of things that just when you look at them going back, taking a step back and looking at it going, well, what are we saying? Why are we saying this? Yep. Um, so going back to our topics, we went on a tangent, <laughs> a good tangent, but we went on a tangent and that's okay on this show because it's a talk yeah. show. Um, yeah. what we're supposed to do, yeah. <laughs> going back to our topic, of you know, building empowerment and trust after, you know, abuse. Um, 
I think we need to one, just, you know, give ourselves compassion and grace. We, mm. you know, I did mention before, and, and we did talk about, you know, knowing that we have power, right? We have unlimited power we have unlimited potential. Um, we can only control our actions, the choices that we make, we are in, you know, individualistic, I can't control what somebody else does. My actions shouldn't make somebody else do something, right? Um, so understanding who we are, taking responsibility and accountability for our thoughts, our beliefs, our actions, the things that we say, the situations that we find ourselves in, finding, excuse me, ooh, finding our personal power, finding our capability, finding our trust within ourselves, and then making those next steps, right? Planning them out, taking those next steps to build trust, to, to build empowerment, to be able to say, you know, I'm okay and I can move forward. I survived. Absolutely. And, and I'm all the stronger for having gone through it. Yeah. And I wouldn't be the person I would be right now if I hadn't have gone through that. Yeah. And, that's, and that can be a really, really hard thing to get to. And it's, it's, a, it's usually quite far down the track. But being able to look back and go, right, as horrific as that situation may have been, I wouldn't be right where I am right now, where I'm meant to be, if it hadn't happened. Yeah. And if you're able to, to be able to, even take that a step further, which is like I'm, I'm talking, you know, years down the track after events, to actually not forgive someone or to say anything to them, but for yourself to be able to express gratitude because X, Y, and Z happens because otherwise you wouldn't be here now as you are. Yeah. And um, that is huge. It's a massive thing to be able to flip the script on that for yourself. But if you can get to that point, wow. Like, I've done that. I've done that. And it took me two years to get to that point from what happened to me. But to be get to that point where you actually go, if that hadn't happened the way it did, I wouldn't be here at what, what I'm doing now. And I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, happy where I am, new relationship, my children, where I'm living, you know, all these different things. Yeah. of where we are or notice and realize how strong I am and how powerful I am and know that I can do whatever I need to do for myself and hell I can change a tire on a car I don't need anyone to help me with that you know these, mm -hmm. these things which and I know that sounds massive but it's possible yep. it is it is absolutely it's one of the things I help my own clients with any negative yeah. experience can be changed into a positive um I saw a TikTok and this lady did a TikTok and she's like, I don't want to be grateful for, for what I experienced. It was horrific. Um, mm. I am tra still traumatized, all of that. And I watched her video and I never commented, but I watched her video and it got me thinking. And one of the things that we, d that we don't realize is that I don't wish trauma on everybody. We are guaranteed trauma mm. of some way, shape yes. or form. We are guaranteed negativity. Okay, it's a guarantee. Nobody, nobody in this entire universe is free or exempt from from having negative experiences. Exactly. Um, negative experiences have lessons for growth. That's that's part of why we're here. We're here. If anybody yeah. wants to know the secret to life, it is experience. That is exactly yeah. what it is. We are here to experience, learn and grow. That is our purpose here. Right. Yeah. Whether we experience yeah. happiness, joy, sadness, trauma, loss, all of that. We are meant to experience those things. Mm -hmm. When we're experiencing trauma or any negative or like I like to call them now heavy emotions or heavy yeah. experiences. Yeah. Those are actually what tell you, hey, something might need to change here. You know, yeah. maybe we need to remove a belief or maybe we need to look at something differently or try something new, whatever that looks like that propels us forward. Those are springboard moments that say, hey, you're better than this. Let's use this. And whether you need to get angry or not, let that springboard you right past into the next stage, whatever that looks yeah. like. But 
when, when talking about this TikTok that I saw from this woman, it was, you know, I'm not grateful. I don't expect anybody to be grateful for their past. The thing mm. I want people to understand, and I do trauma healing, is it happened. It happened. We can't change the fact that it happened. We cannot no. change the past. We can't change that it happened. Did I want it to happen to you? Absolutely freakingly not. But it yeah, happened. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you can sit in this moment. And I said this to my husband the other day, you can sit here and now right in this particular moment and you can focus on the past. You can take and bring that past forward into the now you can take and you can project that past into the future, but none of that's going to do you any good. You can sit in this particular moment and you can focus on the future. You can bring the future into the now and traumatize yourself all over again about what could happen, what did happen, right? And and creating more trauma. <coughs> or you can say the past happened, absolutely happened, and it was horrifying, and it was horrific, and I never want to experience it again, but I learned something from it. I yes. am smarter. I am stronger. I am more able to identify and that's the gratitude that's the gratitude for having yeah. learned that le is what i meant i think yeah. is the lesson the lesson that you learn from it rather than the actual events happening if that yeah. makes sense and you yeah. know it sounds really hard to do and it's actually yes. not when people it, you need support though you need support yeah. with that that's very yeah. difficult thing to do by yourself mm -hmm. and i mean i, I can imagine that how. there's women there's people listening to this going yeah right Mm -hmm. it, it need, you need to be supported in these things. You need yep. to have a therapist. You need Absolutely. to have a counselor. You need someone working with you yeah. because when you're in the thick of it, you cannot see the forest for the trees. Yeah. Like you are just in a world of pain. It takes a while. And it's just keep going in the circle. Yeah. And you need someone else to help you to take that step back and to realise, you know, how you can take those steps to, to change the way you're thinking. But yep. I think it's a very, very difficult thing for someone to do by themselves. It is. Um, and a lot of people struggle greatly. I know a few yeah. people who have done it themselves, which yeah, is okay. absolutely yeah. amazing, right? Yes. Whether, oh, absolutely. Whether yes. that's with therapy, whether that's with, with whatever. And it takes oh, quite a while to do that. Um, yeah. and, the, and the problem there is, of course, and I, I don't know what it is like where you are, but I know here in Australia, the access to mental health support Horrid. It's limited. It's limited. We so we get at the moment you get ten sessions with a psychiatrist, sorry, psychologist per year, and only a certain amount is paid. So you still have a decent sized gap that you have to pay, depending on who you're seeing. That can be anywhere from sort of fifty dollars to a hundred dollars per session, and depending on what your circumstances are, that can be like that's a lot for a lot of people. That's prescriptive, you know, a prohibitive. They can't do it. They can't afford it. And, and this is the problem, and this is why what I think where, where you get the next level is where you get that you've got so many people then who are abusing alcohol and who are abusing drugs because they can't get out of the cycle, the thought cycles of what's happening, and they can't access mental health services because there's not enough of them, it's too expensive, you know, all those issues. So they go, okay, well, I'll just drink. Mm -hmm. Then I don't feel it anymore. Then I haven't got it. You know, it's not doing the same thing. Or I'll use whatever drug or whatever the case may be because then I don't have it. And, yeah. and, and then you've got those, the issues that come from using, you know, from that addiction or that use. Not, not, it doesn't necessarily always become an addiction depending on what it is. But that use then brings its own problems mm -hmm. with it. And, and that, depending on what it is, can actually make things worse because... As much as alcohol can make you forget something, you know, when you're in the in the spirit of it, when you're drunk, it's actually a depressant. Mm -hmm. You know, so it can in the end, it'll make it it will it, it makes things worse for you. Yeah. So so that's the thing of where what we need to do is to be pumping more money into services for people. So mental health services that money needs to be pumping in, and it needs to be the case that. If you need mental health services, you've got access to it and you don't need to pay for it. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And, and I know that there's people who, who don't agree with me, but 
and, but it's something that's big here in Australia at the moment. You know, there's a lot of discussion about the fact that our Medicare, which is who pays for these these services, that those amounts need to be increased, and we need more psychologists, and people need access to them, yeah. and especially in regional areas where you've got one psychologist maybe in a 500k radius. That's crazy. What, what, do, you, what am, do you do with that? You know? I am on a mission to revolutionize the mental health system. I think, in my personal opinion, I'm coming out with my book on the smarter method. Oh, even okay. That, yeah. Even that is going to revolutionize yeah. and change mental health because I think that mental health, I'm not going to say the system is broken because it does help. I'm not saying it doesn't help. But I no, am saying, oh no, it helps. Yes, it does. Yes. The mental health system is so outdated that it mm. needs to be shaken up. And what I'm doing, and why I say I absolutely gravitate and I will fully hold on to my title as a mental health and emotional health genius, I am about to absolutely revolutionize mental health and give people tools to do it themselves, to okay. help them yeah. do it themselves, right? And there's so much going on in the world. Every day I see something different in the world going, if they knew what I had to say, they wouldn't have done that. If they knew what I had to say, they wouldn't experience that. Because it is, our kids aren't being taught what they need to know to be happy, healthy, fully functioning human beings. We're not being taught. And you can see that now. You can see it now in everything that we experience. All of the, the trauma and all of the situations that we're in if we knew what I know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be happening. Not all of it. I'm obviously, I can't change the entire world, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, it's, we need to realize that we are individual human beings. We all have unique needs. We all have unique thoughts. We all have unique self-expression. We all have an epicenter of power that we have the ability to tap into whenever and however we choose Absolutely. We just have to know where it is and know how to access it. Absolutely. And, and that's have, exactly, that's the whole point. That's yeah. the whole thing because, and it's working out what is the best way for you to discover that. Mm -hmm. I think one of the best ways to do that is with Koya, with embodiment practice, with feeling it and moving it through your body. Um, our body stores so many memories and trauma um, you know, women store their trauma in their hips. We, we keep it here. We have it here. You know, in the pelvic bowl, the whole area, women are storing their stories and storing what's happened to them. And by moving that area, not for the male gaze or for anyone else, but just for yourself, closing your eyes and moving your body the way that feels good to you, changes the way you are and the way you behave because you realize that it's not about anyone else it's about doing what works best for you mm -hmm. you know and and the more you're able to be selfish or whatever you want to call it but to take that time for yourself to use your you know be do your self-care and just do what works for you yeah. And once the more you start doing that, the more you start to realize what it is you actually want. Mm -hmm. I remember being in a Zoom call and we, we did breakout rooms. And one of the questions was, what is it that you want? And I was in a breakout room with five other women. And they sat there and went, I don't know. And you're like, what? Hang on, what? How, how do you not know what you want? How, how can we be adult, fully formed women? And not know what we want. Not that it doesn't change, but you should have some idea. Changes. Of course it changes. Of course yeah, it changes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It should, yeah. Well, how, as you grow, as, as things change. Yes, mm -hmm. it changes. But we should know what we want. Mm -hmm. Or at and, least and, have and, some and idea. Yeah. Have yeah. something to, to where we're going, what we're aiming for. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, otherwise, there's this feeling of being lost and of losing yourself. Yep. If all you're doing is looking after your kids and looking after your husband and going to work and doing a nine to five, and you don't take any time for yourself and you don't listen to your body at all, well, it's any wonder that you feel dissatisfied. 
and unsure and don't know what it is that you want because you've never stopped to think about it, you know. And that's what I'm trying to do is to help women to get back into their bodies and to realise all that. And that's what my mission is and this is why I'm doing it because I think that every single woman can benefit from doing clear. She might not realise it. She might not understand it. And I've had women who come to my classes and they don't get it. And that's cool. Not everyone likes everything. Not everyone likes yoga. You know, that's fine. And that's why I offer the free class to start with because I'm like, well, rather than you laying down your heart on cash on something you've got no idea about, try, come try, see whether you like it. And if it's for you, then come, pay, come start paying for it. Otherwise, thanks Thanks for spending two hours with me and having a dance. We need to discuss the Women's Sporting Women Network. So we are going to have to message after this because I think yes. what you're doing would be amazing in my membership group. So oh, fantastic. Um, yes, absolutely. We'll, we will definitely talk about that. Okay. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention before we go, you were talking about moving your hips. Yes. It doesn't matter whether I am lying in bed, driving in my car, sitting on the couch, in my chair at my desk, if something comes on, I my hips are moving. I'm like, yeah. I will yeah. be gyrating my hips while I'm driving my car, and that mm. is the first part of my body to move. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to challenge everybody, everybody watching this. What is the first part of your body that moves when music comes on? My heart. Mm. Heart. Mine's always my hips. My chest starts. And then the arms go into it as well. (laughs) It's chest starts for me. But and it's interesting because when I do the classes and I you know, I I do it as well, you know, to feel into my body, so much of what I feel comes out of my heart. Like you've got like a weight on my chest or light coming out, you know, it all comes down to my heart, which is really interesting. So for you, do you do embodiment practices yourself, Melissa? No, so I actually, when I mentioned uh, a little while ago, the epicenter of power. So mm-hmm. I have a, a program called the Chakra Power. Ah, uh, yes. What it is, is we each have an epicenter of power. And that is where um, we, that's where we fill our power. And that's where we gain our power. And mm-hmm. it yep. sounds like yours is most likely related to your heart. Now I'd have to ask you more mm-hmm. questions, but Mine is actually my um, uh, sacral chakra. So mine is in my hips. Mine is in that in that space in that area. So it would make sense that when I'm feeling, yeah, you go there first. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with um, Regina Thomas House's work Mm -mm. and Mama Gina? I actually don't follow anyone. I'm I'm gonna leave. Okay. Okay. I ask you okay. to follow me, um, but I don't follow anyone. Okay. I do, yeah. like, obviously friends or people that I've had on the show yeah. follow, but I very rarely follow anyone. I am the type of person where I want everything to organically come to me. I want sure. it to organically, you know, I don't go searching out unless I'm searching out a coach. Uh, and even she mm. came organically to me. So, yeah. <laughs> but... So, um- Go ahead. What I was going to say, so Regina Thomas Tower, I think I'm saying her name correctly. So she calls herself Mama Gina. And she wrote a book called Pussy Reclamation. Mm-hmm. And um, her idea, what her, like she has the School of Womanly Arts and she's teaching these skills to women. What her um, philosophy is and what she teaches is, is that a woman's body, a woman, the way her body is designed and the clitoris, we have an organ that is designed and is only for pleasure. There is no other reason why we have a clitoris. That's it. It's its sole purpose. And her um, philosophy is, is that the more a woman feels pleasure, and I'm not talking just sexual pleasure, I'm talking pleasure in every aspect of her life, the more she flourishes and the more in her power she is. So... Simple things like if you're sitting down to, I don't know, do your taxes, it's a, it's a nasty job. You're not really fond of it. Make it as nice for yourself as you can. 
light a candle, make yourself a cup of tea, turn the heater on, maybe play some music. Make it as nice an experience as you can, even though it's not a great job. Yes. You know, and, and that's, and that's feeding into this whole idea. And it was interesting when you say yours is, is based in your sacral, um, your power is based in your sacral chakra, because that's what she says. She says all of our feminine power, it's in our pussy. Mm. And yeah, and she's written, the book she's <laughs> written is amazing. And um, yeah, I really enjoy her work. And it's something that I try to, as well as with my core, that I bring her work out to, because I think it is, yeah, I think it's important and I, it, it resonates for me. It makes sense to me. And when I experience pleasure and when I make something fun, I, I feel better and I feel like I'm in my power. Sorry. I just realized I have to write something down. <laughs> All right. Well, it is that time. Um, so I want to say thank you, Liz, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Absolutely. Don't forget, everybody, go and take a look at Sun Ranges Koya. Um, the link to the website is pinned in this episode. Go and sign up uh, for their newsletter and get your code. Try their first crack, their first class for free. Uh, yep. And every two weeks, uh, Saturday and Sunday, Sunday mornings, Saturday morning, Sunday afternoons, Australia time. Uh, you mm. can get in on their classes. Go and check that out. Make sure that you sign up. If you would like to reach myself or Liz, you can do so. Our links are in the description of this episode. You can find us all over. Um, like, follow, and share the show. show. Join our newsletter at justalivetv.com. If you want to be a guest or um, if you want to see a topic featured, please make sure that you reach out justalivetv.com. Um, and being a guest on the show, you don't actually have to be an entrepreneur. We are looking for people's stories to share their inspired stories to help other people know that it is okay to be where you're at. We just want to inspire you to help you move forward. So beautiful. All right. Thank you, Melissa. Thank Absolutely. you for your time. <laughs> all right. Talk to you soon. Love Thank you. you. All. Bye. Bye. Bye.